You're dumb. Your face is dumb. <laughs> Tis the Adam Ragusea podcast. Bonus episode number two. Or should I say lonus episode? Ugh. Because thus far, <laughs> the bonus episodes have had my lovely wife, Lauren. Therefore, perhaps they are something different than a normal bonus episode. They are, in fact, a Lorness episode. Oh, God, that's worse. Uh, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> she's back. Deal with it. Back. Deal with her truth. Back, but back again. Uh, because there will be no normal pod on the uh, YouTube this week. It's because I've got another uh, infomercial um, on the YouTube channel on Saturday. So this, uh, this audio-only podcast, which is redundant, is only for you. You, the person who's cool enough to be here, wherever here is, to do you. you. Re- do you remember there was like a brief era of video podcasts? It was Isn't what, that the era that we are presently in? No, no, no. This was um That's like iPod, saying, like, do you remember the the iPod put out their first on, video? Your, your peas are popping too much. You gotta gotta get on an angle with your mic. Am I as just push it away from you a little bit. This uh, happened toward the end of the last step. Okay. Is yeah. that better? So much better. Okay. Yeah, so Apple put out a video iPod. Uh-huh. And so then people who had podcasts started recording their podcast and you could watch the video of it this was like 2005 six mm, back in the day yeah like at the early infancy stages of youtube mm-hmm. yeah and so now you're doing video podcasts i again. sure am there was a fellow he emailed me and said your podcast is not a podcast because it has video and I was like, well, let me be sure to tell Joe Rogan that his program is not a podcast. And let me be sure to tell uh, Howard Stern that his program is not a radio show uh, <laughs> because it also has cameras on. There is an obvious difference, isn't there? Like, can you say it? Like, could you articulate why my podcast is a podcast and why the Joe Rogan program is a podcast and why the Howard Stern program is, in fact, a radio program, because- even though they have video? Because the cameras actually play no role in any of it? Yes, it's radio (laughs) with the cameras on. As opposed to television, Mm. where you like do things in front of the cameras. Yeah. Yeah, it's just radio with a camera on. And that's why it's a podcast. And it's a podcast and not radio because... I'm sorry, I stopped listening for a second. (laughs) As did everyone else. Really, so did I. But your brain isn't here. Your brain is uh, in the latest Taylor Swift release. (laughs) You usurped my first question. (laughs) Oh, you were going to ask questions? I'm asking the questions today. Oh, oh, okay. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. We just call these, when when we talk about them, we call them a chatty podcast episode. We're going to do a chatty podcast episode. We sure are. You know what I don't like about these? What? There's many things I like about them. That I'm on them? That you're on them, and I like spending time with you. Oh, we don't get a lot of time to just talk. <laughs> that's right? true. And I also like that they're way less work. Yep. Um, what I don't like is I can't stand listening to myself back when I'm talking without notes. Oh, that's interesting. Because I talked like William Shatner. <laughs> For the record, I have never once in my life... Thought that you talk like William Shatner. Well, only in one specific respect, which is that I I talk at like really fast speed and very slow speed. Uh. And I'm constantly wildly gyrating between 
very slow and very fast, which is like oh, Shatner's thing. Oh, yeah, I guess you do that. And I, I hate that. I hate, I cannot listen to myself well, do stop that. stop doing it. Well, I'm trying. <laughs> I had two mules before we recorded okay. today. And I'm hoping that that's going to even things out. Mm. It probably won't. We'll see. Given that alcohol is one of those things that you always <laughs> hope will fix whatever the problem is. <laughs> and how often and it does only, it? It only serves to make it worse. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it just adds a different problem. Well, let's find out. Let's find out. So uh, your mind is not on the <laughs> task at hand. Your mind is on yes, the latest Taylor Swift release. We are recording this in the evening on Friday, October 21st, which is the release day of Midnight. That's right, because Midnight is the start of the next day. Yes. Therefore, the album came out today. It did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At midnight. Eastern I was not time. awake for that. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time. Are we on Daylight or Standard? I have no idea. People will like, I'll set up an interview and they'll be like, okay, so you mean like five EST? And I'm like, is it Standard right now or is it Daylight? I don't know. I always, I say it's EST all year round. I know because by Standard, they mean whatever, whatever it is they're it doing is in, in New York. Yeah. Yeah. But it's actually, that's not actually what that means because words have meaning for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, she wants to throttle me. <laughs> so anyway, Taylor Swift. Right. You've been rocking the new Taylor Swift release um, ever since it became available. Yes. Which it became available to you when you woke up in the morning. <laughs> yes. When I because was as making... <laughs> big of a Swifty as you are, you're not going to stay up until midnight for Tay Tay. No, I love you, Taylor, but I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> I I am almost forty. I am not up for midnight releases anymore. <laughs> Nonetheless, you are a 40-year-old Swifty. Sure. Say it. Yeah, I mean... Say it. <laughs> I would say... Say it louder. <laughs> I like Taylor say Swift. Say it. But I haven't been a lifelong fan. I didn't really get into her until like 1989. The album 1989, mm. not the year 1989. Not the year when you were seven. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. Um, or six for most of the year because your birthday is late. That's right. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'd say I'm a Swifty. What do you think of the new Swift release? I like it. It's okay. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> Buckle up, everybody. Okay. Oh, none of your listeners care. I have a feeling they're like, why is there so much time talking about Taylor Swift? Why is the wife so annoying? Because <laughs> she likes Taylor Swift. Um, yeah. So Folklore came out during the pandemic and it was basically my personality for a very long time because that's very much my vibe, the sort of like gentle, you know, mountain folk. And so Folklore and Evermore- Did you just pronounce the L in folk? I did. Yes. Is that a thing that you always do? No. I Okay. This is, I, this is a thing I've never articulated before, but I think when I think of folk music, I say the L. Wow. But when I say folks, I yeah. don't. Hey, but, folks. But yeah, but when I'm like, oh, like our friend John is a folk musician, I kind of put it a little L in there. Wow. I, but what would you say about Hayward, which is his professional name? Yes. Is Hayward a folk musician or Hay- is he a folk musician? Hayward Williams, our friend, um, is a folk musician. That's what I'd say. Okay. Let's... Well, he, I would say he's perhaps a perhaps we should call Hayward should, and ask how he feels about that. I would that. say he's a he's a um he's a folk singer. That's it what I It might say. be too early there because he is on 
Central Standard or Daylight Time, whichever the case may be. I do not know. He's in Milwaukee. You should fire up your Spotify or your Apple Music and type in Hayward Williams and listen to his albums. It's the sound of Milwaukee. Milwaukee. (laughs) That's right. It's like pouring an ice cold... Pabst. Pabst into your ear. (laughs) Yeah. John sang a beer commercial recently. He did. What was that for? Was it what particular brew was he advertising? Coors? He had to get a SAG card. He sa- Yeah, he sang the jingle for a commercial. He had to like get a union card yeah. in order to sing the jingle for a commercial. Was it, it, Coors? It, no. It, what, no, 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 because Coors is the Rockies. What's... Oh, I feel so bad. It I would look it up, but my like... phone's on airplane mode so as not to disrupt the microphones. Microphone. It's like we're living in 1999. Um, but you live in 1989 because that's the year that Tay-Tay became Tay-Tay to you. Yes, because- And 19- not the year 1989, right. the year in which 1989 came out, which was what, 2000 and- 14, because- wow, you remember I, it like it was yesterday. Because I was holding a baby in my arms, Aww. trying to get him to not cry at all times, and I would just sit there in the bouncy chair and rock him and listen to 1989 because it had just come out, and ev- and like all my friends were going crazy for it. Yes. And I was like, "What else do I have to do sitting here?" So I put it on, and I got very into it. I bet some people learn a foreign language when nursing. With what brain cell on their like three minutes of sleep? <laughs> I guarantee you no. Well, I don't guarantee because there are always those like... There's always an insufferable tryhard. Yes, but no. I couldn't even like read a book during that time. Mm. I was like, I listened to Serial and 1989. Serial, the first season. But the new Taylor Swift release... Yes. ...is in your opinion... It's good. I still like Folklore and Evermore better, but mm. I think it's good. There are a couple skips on it, but um, I'm enjoying it. It's a it's a vibe, as the the kids say. Mm. I mean, if everyone else is into Kate Bush at the moment, certainly Taylor Swift is as well, as evidenced by this new Taylor yeah, Swift record. Yeah, my like immediate reaction was all the songs sound like they could be in an episode of Stranger Things, and I mean that as a compliment. The arrangements are very Kate Bush, but the songs remain Taylor Swift, Yeah, for sure. she doesn't have the soaring and theatrical delivery, really. Well, she's not interested in writing melodies. She's no. a rapper. Surely someone has written the Taylor Swift is actually a rapper think piece. <laughs> I Surely don't... I don't have to do this. Come on, someone else has already done this, right? I mean, how much do you want people to be mad at you on the internet is the question. <laughs> well, they should be mad at her. She's the one appropriating. I don't... I, well, that's not a conversation I feel prepared to have, but... Um, I mean, she's never had, like, a super big vocal range. I mean, she's, she's a terrific singer. She's fine. She's she's a good singer, but she's not interested in being Celine Dion or Kelly Clarkson. Like, no, that's I think not it's bigger what... that she's not interested in writing melody. She's much more interested in words than music. Which, okay. So I have this... Theory. As are you. Yes. I have this belief that, like, everybody is either a melody or a lyrics person. You can like both, but the thing that will get you fired up Uh is melody or lyrics. The people who are into harmony and rhythm can just burn in hell? No, I just think it's interesting because I am a lyrics person. You're not seeing them. You're erasing the the harmony and rhythm people. I'm looking at one right now Mm. because you are... uh, Not rhythm. (laughs) No. No, no, no. (laughs) Poor poor Adam missed out on the rhythm. Um, But like you're... I, like, I know I'm listening to a song and I'm like, oh, did you hear that line? And you're like, absolutely, I did not. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you can't miss them because she always has one good line. 
She has like, lots of good lines. Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. Which it's, hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. That's yeah, a great line. Which is a terrific line. I mean, it, she has t- I mean, she has tons of like indelible, incredible lyrics. Of course, that, so- that chorus ends with rhyming mirror with hero, which so. is not the best that she's ever come up with. I don't care. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. Um, I know it's just interesting for anybody listening. I think important context to this conversation is that like my favorite thing to do mm-hmm. is when we're in the car. I yes. love to listen to music in the car and yes. I love to ask you what you think of a song because you have this great way of explaining why a song works or why it doesn't. To me. Let's to let, you. let's let's yeah. specify. Okay. To you. Like Taylor Swift does not need Adam Magusia in Knoxville, no, no, Tennessee no, no. to no. validate what she's doing. What she's doing is clearly working. But I mean, there's also a level at which like some songs that are universally great that everyone are like, yeah, those are hits. I can be like, what what is it about this song that makes it good? That's mm. what, I'll I'll ask you, you'd be like, Oh, that's a great song. And I'm like, Well, what about it makes it good? And I love to hear you talk about that because I think it's very interesting the way you approach music. It's very different from the way that I approach music. Like I remember remember when we first met putting on a song and being like oh my god did you feel the lyrics and you were like no <laughs> what song was that i this would have been 2005 so i mean it was probably something off like the garden state soundtrack or something that's a good soundtrack <laughs> but um that shin song has oh, sure yeah that stood is, the test of time my gosh it is interesting though because we you and i have a lot of overlap in our musical taste but then we also like take sharp left turns in different directions mm. <laughs> but anyway i love how i was listening to pantera the other day and you were like oh that's interesting music i'm like i'm working out <laughs> Do you want me to listen to Yacht Rock? Like, <laughs> I'm trying to deadlift here. I got in your car to go get something from the grocery store today. And your car is always tuned to the serious, serious satellite radio station of, what's it called? Ozzy's Boneyard. Yeah. Hard and heavy <laughs> classic rock. <laughs> and I got in and I turned, and I was in a mood about something. Like, I was really feeling frustrated about something. And Why did you drive my car? Because I didn't want to back my car out of the garage. Good choice. (laughs) Um, And uh, plus your car is like zippy and I was just going a short distance. It is a zippy car. I like Um, that. I like that car. And what came flying out of the radio and Justice for All by Metallica, which like... That song was on Ozzy's Boneyard? It was. That's a nine minute song. That's not a single for the radio. Well, it's satellite radio. I guess so. so. They can do what they do. Yeah. And it was like, all of a sudden I was like, yes. Like... (laughs) That was good. Curious. Okay. Anyway. Yes. So I wanted to ask you. Okay. Because this is a food program. (laughs) Not a Taylor Swift fangirl program. (laughs) All right. So um, how good is it when he can cook? Huh? When, you know, that feeling when your man can cook. Is that actually like a desirable trait? Oh, are you asking me if it's like an attractive thing when dudes can cook? Yes. Oh. Um, it depends. If a guy is cooking and they've like, I don't know, there's a way of being like smug and condescending about it Mm. where I'm like- Is there? I'm like, you know, people have been cooking since the beginning of time, so- you know, throw yourself a parade, sir. Congratulations. But there is a way, like, okay, I'm going to be mushy for a second. 
Um, I remember very early on, I guess we, were we married? I don't remember if we were married yet or not. Um, and we had gotten into a fight just, I think it was based on like us still like learning our personalities in some way. Hmm. We hadn't, I don't know. It was, I was like, you didn't do something for me. And you were like, and I don't know. We got, I don't express my feelings. I'm sorry. I'm broken. Basically it was that. But I think I was like, when was the last time you said you loved me? And then I like stomped off or something. And then you went in the kitchen uh-huh. and you made me a huge plate of my favorite pasta dish that you basically invented for me that you did on the channel like years ago. And we called it party pasta and you brought it to me and I was starving. We is really an overstatement. Anyway, and I ate it. And, um, and then you said, you looked at me and you said, this is how I say I love you. I said that? You did. Wow. That's way more self-awareness <laughs> than I normally have. I know. <laughs> and I held on to that. And that little, little flicker of a flame has gotten me through 17 years. Well, explain <laughs> the love language thing. Well, it's it, yes, it's the love language thing, which is, I mean, ultimately, if you believe in it, um, there's five love languages. This was developed by, I think, a pastor trying to convince people of Christian stuff. Oh, so, it's not actual science. Oh, no. No, it's like weird psychology. Maybe we shouldn't say it. <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of become just like cultural zeitgeist. But anyway, your love language... Oh, it's true because people believe it. Got it. Sure, like astrology. Um, so your love language is acts of service. And so you show your love for our family by doing lots of things, including working incredibly hard on all your stuff for us. And... Um, and I, what's what do you, what's my love language? Uh, words. Yeah, words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. That's right. Tell yes. me you love me. Yes. <laughs> um, but that way of cooking for somebody, I think, is very attractive. Which is like, I just want to feed you. I want you to enjoy this. I want you to have a moment of something delicious. I want you to be full. I want you to be comfortable. I want to take care of you in this moment with this thing I made. And so that kind of cooking, I think, is very attractive. As opposed to? As opposed to like, look at how badass I am. And this potato is from here and it does this and no one else can do it like that. And if you do it this other way, you're totally wrong. And all the people who eat potatoes like this are stupid. Yeah, that's not a cool, attractive thing. Why you chose to single out a man's potato? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. As I was saying it, I was like, I should have gone with steak. Steak would have been a better one. But like, there's only one true right way to mm. eat a steak, and, yes. you know, or cook a steak. And if you cook a steak a different way, you're a pussy. And it, that's not cool. <laughs> Your pee popped on that word. Oh, no. <laughs> Your pee popped on the pussy. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm sorry. Please edit that out. Oh, my God. Staying in. It's staying I, in. I want to sink into the earth. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah, and there's a third way, right? Because it's like you might say to someone who's just like, oh, hey, a man can cook. Therefore, he's desirable. But like the, the obvious response to that would be like, oh, he can also like button his own shirt and wipe <laughs> yeah. his own butt. And Well, like, that's the thing where it's like, oh, my, I mean, I hear this. Because I watch the TikTok, and so this is obviously not a concern of mine, being married for a long time and almost 40, but, like, the the young ladies are always like, if you go in his um, bedroom and he doesn't have a bed frame, that's a red flag, or whatever, and I'm like, is the, like, first I, ha- of all, I had a futon mattress on the floor. I remember, and I, it was very hard to convince you to part with it. I liked that mattress. <laughs> it was very comfortable. <laughs> it was the most batch, well, also, you were 20. 
two at the time. You were not like a 29-year-old. 23 or 24, right? Were you? I don't remember. Okay. Anyway. Um, but yeah, no, don't turn it into like, he can brush his own teeth and also make macaroni and cheese. <laughs> like, that just, that's nothing. The main disadvantage of the futon mattress on the floor, <laughs> which by the way, like given that like many cultures sleep on like mats on the floor, there's like sort of like a, an icky dimension to. Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. I guess. All right. Um, but anyway, the main disadvantage of that is that you lose the storage space granted by having an elevated bed. You can, you can put things under the mattress, as it were, mm. um, and uh, and then never have to acknowledge their existence again. Great. <laughs> yeah. Our, one of our children was talking about how at school they were doing chores, and he said that he was sweeping, mm. and he, he he was just like really proud of himself that he had come up with this innovation, which was to <laughs> to sweep the dirt under the rug. He's like, yeah, I just put I put all the crumbs and stuff. He's like, I picked up the big stuff and put it in the trash, but I just put the crumbs under the rug because nobody looks there. Yeah, <laughs> like, nailed was, it, kiddo, yeah. on the nose. <laughs> you got that from your dad. <laughs> just sweep it under the rug. <laughs> And then never have to confront that Literally feeling ever again. And metaphorically. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I feel like this podcast is weird. <laughs> uh, there's weirder stuff on the internet. That's true. So wait, am I supposed to ask you questions? Because you told me you were only asking the questions. Uh, I mean, I could come up with another one. <laughs> Okay. Do you want me to ask you a question? Yes. Do we know what we're doing here? No. <laughs> okay, because here's the thing. I was sort of, I like, I had a few questions and then earlier today you were like, well, I, I have a question for you. Yes. I thought, oh, okay. And then just before we came down here, when we were upstairs in the kitchen, uh-huh. you said, I'm the one asking the questions. And I said, oh, you're asking all the questions? And you said, yes. Oh, that doesn't sound like a thing I would say. It's a thing you did. Being that I don't have more questions. <laughs> oh my god! We talked about Taylor Swift, and that's it. We talked about <laughs> podcast over. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's that's really all we got. Did you have a thing that you wanted to discuss? Sure. Okay. All right. All right. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> oh, she has to clear her throat. <clears> throat> okay. Feel like this she must be in full voice. I feel like this episode's going to need some editing. <laughs> I'm I'm too tired to edit. So Thank just commit to the bit. Thank okay. You. Okay. 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 Thank you for listening, everybody. All right. So I wanted to ask you um, about your use of social media and how it has changed since you became a YouTuber. Uh, yeah. So you seem to have changed your sort of official position on social media since you became a... Which is, I don't want to do it. Don't make me do it. <laughs> have you ever been into social media? Yes. Which ones? I used to tweet with some frequency. I, okay, I think that not everyone, but most people have an innate need, a psychological need. Well, I mean, need in the like upper levels of Maslow's pyramid kind of need, right? Like it's not something you need to survive, but something for, you know, some higher level of basic fulfillment, right? I think most people have a, need 
to feel heard, mm-hmm. to feel that they can say what they have to say about things and that someone will listen. Mm-hmm. And I think that I suspect that prior to social media, um, that w- was maybe the chief um, motivation uh, behind like diarists, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that, like if, especially like if you, you know, you live on a farm on the step, right. Mm-hmm. And you're the only family for like 10 kilometers and there's only five of you and none of them listen to you. Like who is going to listen to you? It's going to be your, your diary. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that th- that's part of, part of what motivated that whole thing that's just completely gone away who like who writes a diary anymore a lot of people oh really yeah like, journaling is very much a thriving industry not on the internet <clears throat> yeah okay a thriving industry who profits from this journaling people who either sell journals or sell books about oh, journaling big journal or make Got it. podcasts about journaling <laughs> or you have youtube channels all about if you journaling. do it on the internet it's not journaling sure no 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 it's encouraging it's about oh. Ha- like oh it's meta journaling it's journaling about journaling it's well yeah i guess mm. okay it- fair enough so anyways, I think that people have, most people have a need to be heard. There's some people who do not want to be heard at all, right? And I, I, see, I see you, I respect you, I wish I was one of you, because there's something kind of pathetic about having a need to be heard, I think. And I think, I don't think I have a particularly acute, no, that's not the right word. Uh, I don't think I have a particularly um, developed need to be heard. I think I have like a normal level of need to be heard. And like most people, I scratched that itch by screaming into the void, <laughs> you know, and like <clears throat> writing a tweet that like three people would read and one person would like. Mm-hmm. And that gives you the feeling of having been heard. And then once I got a job where I talk into microphones for a living. Now I'm way more heard than I really even want to be, Mm. right? It really actually makes me quite uncomfortable. I look forward to not having to do it anymore at some point or to do it less, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Now I feel exposed in a way that is very uncomfortable. And so, so, so not only has the motivation to social media completely evaporated in my case, right? Mm-hmm. Or like I, I have no more need to be heard, so I don't want to scream into the void anymore. Not only is that the case, but it's also the case that I feel overexposed and therefore I, the instinct is to retreat, mm-hmm. to kind of huddle in the corner and rock back and forth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, going la, 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 right? And I, and, you know, if you look at like how famous, like actually famous people behave, that seems really consistent, right? Like mm. people who are, may on the surface seem to be exhibitionist, right? Mm. People who are seem to be performing their persona in, in, in very naked ways, both literally and figuratively, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, we see them doing that in their, as part of their job. And then we get mad when they get mad that they don't want to talk to us. Like that we come up to them in a restaurant and we're just like, hey, Brad Pitt, 
Well, now we're know? into parasocial relationships. I think it's a distinct thing, though, or maybe it's part of the parasocial phenomenon. Um, but it's a it's, it's a more specific thing, which is that a person gets a job where their job is to hang their persona out on the laundry line in front of all the neighbors, right? Mm -hmm. And that doesn't necessarily mean they like to do that. They might, in fact, not like to do that, but they're good at it. Or they just have something that looks real good hanging on that laundry line and we all (laughs) like to see, right? And therefore, they can make a good living doing it, so they do it. Or it's just because it's what what they feel called to do. It's what they're good at, right? Mm -hmm. So you do do what the world seems to want of you, right? Mm -hmm. And... And you do that, and then everybody comes to the erroneous conclusion that, in fact, you really just like showing your bits to everyone, (laughs) right? But, in fact, you don't. That's just your job. Mm -hmm. It's like someone, you know, concluding that, oh, like, well, you're an auto mechanic, therefore you want to look at my car on Saturday because you're super into that. Ah. Right? Right. And the guy's just like, I mean, yeah, in the sense that I'd rather do that than – Something else, because I do like cars and I am good at taking care of them, but it's also Saturday and I would like to do something that's not work. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like that. I, uh, I, I, So you show your bits on YouTube, but you no longer show your bits on Twitter. No, because I really, <laughs> I show way more of them than I'd like. And so I therefore withhold them whenever possible. Well, I think you also do a much more careful curation of yourself now than you ever did before or needed to before. And so now it's like, well, I, I'm I'm very tightly controlled in what I'm showing to people because A, I want like you want to give people accurate information on your YouTube channel, you want to be correct, especially with the science stuff. But also like I wanna show you as much as I wanna show you and nothing more. And so, I mean, as parents, we definitely draw those distinctions, too. Yeah, true. I think, like, I know my social media usage has changed. Like, I still am an avid user of social media, but... Yeah, but you got big now. I mean... On Twitter, because you you went viral with, with a, pictures with, of the dog. Yeah, of our puppy. <laughs> She's so cute. This is like, it's like, well, the first, the very first picture that you took of her mm-hmm. drinking from her water ball when she first got home. Yep. How many like likes did that get? Oh, like 60,000. Yeah. Big shakes. It was weird. Yeah. The nice thing about that is like dog Twitter is delightful and 99.9% Mostly of, delightful. No, like way more than most. Like almost every tweet is people being like, I love that. And I would say one out of every thousand tweets. People find ways to be shitty about it. No, I know that. But oh. I am I am telling you that okay. from looking at my mentions, I can go days and days and days with just floods of tweets of people being like, she's cute. What a great dog. Thanks for sharing. Aw. And then maybe every once in a while I'll get somebody who's like, I don't know, you know, you shouldn't put a coat on that dog or, you know, something like that. Or like, if you feed them that, they'll die. (laughs) Like, um, You're not respecting her autonomy because she doesn't want to go on that walk. And it's just like, well, yeah, but we have to go pick up the kids. And so she's going. I don't want to go either, (laughs) but it has to be done. Yeah. But um, it it was interesting because I got, I think I've gotten like 5,000 new Twitter followers since we got this dog. Because I I love tweeting pictures of the dog and people love to see them. 
But that doesn't mean I'm going to stop saying the other things that I say. Like I talk about romance novels a lot and I think people are like, wait a minute, I came to you for dog content. And I'm like, well, I mean, well, here in my store, we sell dog content and romance novel hot takes. And I'm sorry, but I'm not going to clear out the romance novel hot takes out of my boutique so that you only have to shop the dog content because that's what you like. But but this is but this is the year 2022, and don't you know that I'm entitled to only ever <laughs> hear precisely what I yeah, want. I don't like it. And everything <laughs> that is not exactly what I want is an affront to me. Well, yeah, it's basically everyone goes on the internet and thinks everyone else on the internet should be speaking to and about them at all times. And I'm like, hey, buddy, I'm also talking to all the my friends who are writers and readers and they were here before you and they we want to chat about, I don't know. On the, the mutant third hand, <laughs> you're the one choosing to voice these things in a public forum. Sure. Right. And you don't have to do that. You could just call your friend. I guess. Who calls anyone anymore? No, no, I, that, was, that was just a dated reference. You could, you could Marco Polo your friend. The telephone? Marco Polo. You do Marco Polo. I do. I love Marco Polo. My greatest internet anxiety is that I go to say something to a friend on Marco Polo and make a mistake and accidentally say it on Instagram stories. <laughs> that is like a very modern yeah, intrusive that's, thought. That's the new Kinsey gaff. <laughs> like I'll wake in the night being like, oh my God, did I say that on Marco Polo or did I say it on Instagram stories? Kinsley gaff, sorry. Mm. Kin- yeah. Kinsey and Kinsley, very different people. It's true. Look it up. It's true. Anyway, um, what were we talking about? Romance novels and dog pictures. <laughs> that's right, exactly. <laughs> Do the romance novels have dogs sometimes? The dudes like yeah, the dudes often have dogs because mm, yeah. that's always a sign that the it's a good guy. Okay, if yes, he can care for that a feeling creature. when he has a dog. <laughs> that's right. Right. What is that? That's always a good sign. He can care for another living creature, keep it alive, and care for something, and make sure it's fed and walked. Why is the bar always so low for the men? Wow, he doesn't kill something in his care. <laughs> What well, a prince. It's it's unlikely, I, I guess on a d- deeper level, it's unlikely that someone who has care and empathy for a dog would axe murder you in your bed. <laughs> I guess so. But like usually, you know, one of my, I have a number of like ambivalent or contradictory feelings about pets and dogs. Um, but one of them is that it's like the biggest dog lovers I've ever known are deeply misanthropic people. People who hate other people. People who are just fundamentally broken, poisoned people. Hmm. And I feel like that's... Re- they, they have a need to love something, but they can't love other oh. people, so they love the dog because the dog is easier to love because the dog doesn't say anything. Wow. <laughs> okay. And therefore, you don't have to deal with like a fully actualized being with agency and all of that. I think you also have to remember, though, that when a lot of times when people are dealing in these stereotypes about like men drooling on themselves and like getting a a gold star for it um 
you're talking about the dating scene of 22-year-olds. And like a tw- mm. like 22-year-old guy, like they're still getting their shit together. And so there there is a big divide between like the 22-year-old guys who have their shit together and the 22-year-old guys who will probably get their shit together when they're 25 and then the 22-year-old guys who will never get their shit together. Yeah, but but that's that's so radically different from how they are judging 22-year-old women, right? 22-year-old women are expected to be fully together, so together. But they're also, I mean, psychologically more, you know, what is it, men, guys? Oh, she cray, you mean. What? She cray. No. No? No. (laughs) So, like, she's, like, she's, like, she, like, seems to have herself together and is very physically put together, dresses well, shows up to class on time, but she's, in fact, completely insane and will ruin your life. Is that what you're talking about? No. Absolutely not. No. Because there are women like that. I'm sure. 22-year-old women like that. There's a shoe for every foot. Mm. Um, It takes all kinds. No, I'm, I mean, if you want to get into it, I guess women are societally pressured to be together and kind and take care of everyone and not fall apart or you know if yeah so women just tend to to be by virtue of society's vice grip a little more together and okay so what what imperfection among a 22 year old woman is is tolerated right in the same way that like we tolerate 22 year old men who can barely, you know, <laughs> dress themselves. We tolerate that if they're, you know, tall and charming or whatever. Um, what is the flaw of a 22-year-old woman that is tolerated? I feel so out of my depth because mm. I don't hang around with tw- I don't know any 22-year-olds. I mean, I, I get... I, 22-year-olds in the audience, uh, if you have thoughts upon this, yeah, email them to... I also feel like we're getting into some... Ask Adam questions at Gmail. <laughs> yeah, really sticky gender stereotypes that I've... Not sure I Yeah, but we're not we're not reinforcing the tropes. We are describing the tropes. That's different, right? Yes. Yeah, I don't it's I mean I don't know. Tropes gone trope. Sometimes I feel like if I try to talk about a twenty two year old as an almost forty year old, I sound like boomers talking about us. Mm. And I don't want to do that. So I don't wanna make sweeping generalizations necessarily about twenty two year olds because you know, I've had to listen to the like, you guys just need to work harder and not eat avocado toast and you can own a home. You know, I had a thought about that the other day. I was thinking about how every every generation always criticizes the younger generation as being soft, right? Um, I don't think the younger generation is soft at all. Well, you're in the minority. Everyone thinks that like the younger kids are so weak and sensitive, yes. right? It, it, you know, at least there's... It would be interesting. I wonder if there's a historian of intergenerational attitudes. That's surely that someone has made that their their academic niche. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Um, this is real. And I mean, it's the same thing as you can go back through historical newspaper clippings and see literally like variations on the phrase, nobody wants to work anymore. Right, going yeah. back to like the mid 1800s. That's true. But that's actually, that's a very, very small slice of human history. Right. And that's, if you're, if you're looking at like uh, published history, what you're looking at is like the, the part of human history during which progress has been rapid and almost entirely unidirectional. 
right? Mm-hmm. Where like society has been advancing rapidly and life has been getting more comfortable so were you talking and about less like challenging. In medi- medieval times, did like the older, the adult- Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. It's like ta- sh- times where there was very little progress from generation to generation, did the older generation think the younger generation was soft? I don't know. If this is your area of scholarly expertise, yeah, that would be interesting. get in touch at askadamquestions at gmail. But let's go ahead and just sort of restrict our conversation to the sort of the, the industrial to post-industrial era. Mm-hmm. And, and in that context, certainly it's, 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 it's a matter of historical fact. You just look at the – it's documented, right? Every single generation lamented that the younger generation was weak and soft. I mean that's where the joke, you know, in my day I had to – Right, walk right. uphill in both the snow ways, both right. ways. But here's what I, was, I, 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 here's what I thought about the other day. Like the, my, my eureka, my epiphany mm-hmm. was that they're right because gradual softening is an inevitable outcome of life getting better. And progress is life getting better. Life getting less dangerous, life getting less difficult life getting more comfortable, which is the point, the objective of all of the stuff that we do every day in terms of advancing technology and uh, advancing our, 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 our society and making it uh, more functional, more equitable, right? All of that is to make life less hard because natural life is hard as shit and well, no one wants to go back to that. No, I, I think the, the complaint when older generations talk they're, what they're ultimately saying mm. is we worked so hard to make it easy for you and you're complaining. I guess so. And that's true. And that and that's illegitimate. I would regard that yes. as illegitimate, right? Right. Um, but what's legitimate is that it's true that, in fact, we probably are getting softer from generation to generation because that's an inevitable outcome of life getting easier. But what I would say in response to that is, yes, that's the goal. That's the point. We're trying to get softer. We don't want to have to be so hard all the time. You think it's fun being hard? Let, let's get in the time machine and see how you like dysentery, okay? <laughs> let's see how you like two-thirds of your children dying in infancy. Yeah. Let's see what you feel about that. You think that's awesome? You want to romanticize that shit? Yeah. Or like everyone on every man on your block going off to war and almost none of them coming, coming home. back. Yeah, exactly. They all die. And then the army that killed them shows up at the village and presses you into slavery mm-hmm. where you live the rest of your life. Yeah. Right. Try that out. See how that feels. It's going to make you hard. Is it good? No. The goal is to get softer. Softer is the goal. So let's stop lamenting it. Or if we lament it, we only lament the bad things about it. Like I, this is something that we talk about. Yeah, you know, we talk about on the channel a lot. Whenever I say the channel, I feel like one of those celebrities who like they go on like a talk show and they talk about the book, like their book, the book that they just they're there to promote Wait, the you book. You talk about this on your channel? No, I, when I refer to my channel, I refer to it as the channel. No, 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 no. Right? I mean, you talk about intergenerational conflict no, no, no. on I your channel. About, um, what I talk about is how. Oh shoot, what do I say on the channel? Um, <laughs> No, no, no. I, I say, I talk about how life isn't, as, life isn't as hard as it used to be, and that's a good thing. Oh, no, no. What I talk about is diseases of success, right? Like obesity and mm. metabolic syndrome and stuff like that, right? These are actual problems, very serious, bad problems, but they fundamentally exist because we have succeeded 
at creating a reliable and abundant food supply, right? Which is a good thing and way better than the alternative. Mm -hmm. It still sucks. It still sucks to want more food than you need and therefore end up hurting yourself by eating too much food, especially certain bad foods, right? And that sucks. That's bad. But it's way better than the alternative, which is starvation, which is what people have been living with for a hundred thousand years, and it freaking sucks. So in this case, it's 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 an it's it's an instance in which there is a thing that is bad. There there are things that are bad about being soft, but it's way better than the alternative, and it's better to manage the side effects of the drug that's keeping you alive rather than thinking, oh, the drug that's keeping me alive is bad, so I'm going to stop taking it, and then I'm going to die. What? That was quite a rant. (laughs) At least I feel heard. (laughs) That's adorable. (laughs) No, it's not. But it is circuitous. I landed the jet near where it took off. And that's all. Just one county over. <laughs> Just one county. <laughs> Everybody call an Uber. We'll get back to where we need to be. Lyft, Lyft is better than Uber. Whatever. I've heard. I don't know. I don't take either because they make me uncomfortable. When I go to New York, I take a cab. <laughs> oh, fancy. Fancy lady. So that's the pod for today, kids. Oh that's it? <laughs> well, we, we, come on. I don't think we're going to get... An ending more more circuitous than that. Taylor Swift, social media, twenty two year olds, we're all soft. All right. It's that that was the journey we went on today. You know the thing that's interesting is like I do wonder do people because some people after we did the first one of these programs, mm-hmm. there were people who like left comments on videos saying oh like that podcast was way better than Adam's normal podcasts because it sounds sounded so more more natural and unauthentic and. It made me. It made me think back to the days when, when you would run a radio station or a tel- or, or a television station or something or make films, and people would tell you that they like this kind of film and not that kind of film or whatever, and that was the best feedback that you had. <laughs> you just had to take their word for it. Yeah. But like you know what, what we know from more reliable or more concrete. Uh, metrics of what people choose to click on or not click on or watch all the way through or not all the way watch all the way through what people say they want is usually not what they manifestly actually want or what their behavior would indicate they actually want right? so you're saying actually nobody likes that no 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 no, no. what i'm saying <laughs> is i don't know because the audience for the for the for the the actual podcast the like the rss feed podcast is is relatively modest compared to the the videos and i don't feel that I can know based upon those metrics what people like, especially considering that like there's no video version of this program, this particular episode of the program, and therefore its its numbers on the pod feed will probably be higher. Like the last one was it was like the number one episode on on the pod. It's because that <laughs> it was because of me. <laughs> it was because of you. And secondarily, it's because that's the only place people could get it. They couldn't ah. get it on YouTube. And therefore some people, you know, they heard they that, sought oh, it out. They sought it out. Exactly. And so I don't know if people like this more than they like the other things, episodes that I do that require 
two straight days of work, mm-hmm. right? I don't know. They probably just like it because it's different. If we did this all the time. You think they wouldn't like it? I, I think they would like the whatever. Sh- the shine would wear off of that penny? That's right. I think if we did this all the time and every once in a while you jumped in with the questions and the scripted, you know, interesting interstitials, then I think they'd be like, oh, I loved that. Uh-huh. Yep. Who knows what we like, why. But yeah. thank you all for listening. Thank you all for listening. And all I can tell you is that I don't know what you want. I don't know. I don't know. What you, I don't know what you want. But definitely, definitely email Adam and tell him. I don't know what you want. So therefore, at the end of the, you know, when in doubt, I do what I like, right? And you like talking to me. I do like talking to you. This is, but I don't like listening to these programs. Oh. Not because I don't like listening to you. I do like listening to you. I hate listening to myself in this context, oh. mostly because of the Shatner esque pacing. I don't think, I just don't hear that. So I think you're fine. Okay. If anyone's wondering, this is what it's like when Adam and I are in the car. This is, this is how we talk. It is? Mm-hmm. Like on road trips and stuff. I think what we say on the road trip is, get, come on, you've had the Nintendo Switch <laughs> for 20 minutes. Please stop poking your brother. I said stop. Yes. <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> You had one job. <laughs> it was to stop poking your brother. <laughs> we also say nice things to our children. <laughs> when they earn them. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Anyways, uh, so let's, let, end let's this just for the seventh time. <laughs> let's just assume that you hate these episodes. All right. Let's just assume that you hate them. Which is really a dangerous assumption because if you do, you probably haven't made it this far. You probably bailed. But let's just say for the sake, just play devil's advocate, right? Um, I'm walking out. <laughs> let's just say that you hate them. Uh, the reason that you're getting them is because I all of my extra time that I would have normally put into writing a podcast episode this week went into making an extra video, which is an infomercial that that goes on the channel on Saturday. And the reason that we've done two of those in close proximity is because such deals pile up toward the end of the calendar year. Um, I suspect it's a combination of like advert, you know, marketing directors just needing to spend out their budget that's that's allocated to them on a calendar year basis, combined with the fact that consumer spending goes way up at the end of the year because of the holidays. And therefore, they're trying to get their products and services out there for everyone to buy. Um, so anyway, so it's it's a temporary situation. You know, 2023 is just around the corner and things will go back to being the way that they normally are. Um, but I won't. This is the last one I'm doing this year. Because you're last the last one what? Of, the, of these. I hope so. <laughs> I turned down. I no, tur- no, no, no. I, I, got, know, I, I know. got offered another infomercial, which I probably should have taken, but no. I turned it down because I, I, I would die. I told you had to, yes. Yeah. I always said, no, 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 (laughs) no, 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 no. All right, let's land this plane. I already did. And then you got in the cockpit and you, you did a touch and go landing. Thank you all for listening. Yeah. Make make good choices. Make good make, make make just make good choices. That's all you gotta do. Just make some choices. Make make a choice. <laughs> Maybe don't make a choice. Maybe let's you know what? Let somebody else make a choice. Oh god. Oh, I'm so Why tired. is it always about you? I'm so tired. <laughs> all right. Uh let's stop recording and go to bed. Shall we do that? Sounds good. All right. Thank good night. You.
Good luck. Make good choices. <laughs>